For some, baseball is more than just a game. It's a family tradition. There have been a select few families where talent and passion for the game have been passed down from generation to generation, creating some of the most memorable father-son duos the sport has ever seen. We're going to rank the top five. Today on Rounders, A History of Baseball in America. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rounders, A History of Baseball in America. It's me, your host, Jeff Lambert. Well, we've got a great one for you today, right in time for Father's Day 2. I originally wasn't planning on discussing this episode, as the premium subscribers know, but I looked at the calendar and I said, you know what? This would be really topical. Let's take some time to talk about the best father-son duos excuse me, in baseball history. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So before we get into that topic, I just want to say thank you to the newest subscribers to the weekly newsletter, Eagle Eye Gib and Color Phase 86. Thank you for joining us as free subscribers. It's great to have you. Remember, if you have not taken the step of joining us and uh, getting into the community and signing up for the first step, which is a free newsletter subscriber, you're going to get this episode in your inbox every week, and it's going to include a link to the episode. Plus, it's going to have photos, videos, audio, further links for reading, so you can really delve into this topic even more deeply, and you just have to sign up for free. In addition to that, you're going to get access to my weekly bonus show called This Week in Baseball History. It's where we go over the major events, births, deaths, um, famous feats that occurred that happened in that week. And so you get access to that for free. All you have to do is go and sign up for rounders.substack.com. Just go to that website and uh, it helps me because it helps build the community and it helps you by letting you get deeper into the topics that we're discussing. So before we get into the episode, I have one favor to ask everybody listening Send this episode to your dad sometime this week. If they're a baseball fan and you think they'd enjoy this, please take a moment to share this show. It means a lot. I feel like most of the people that find this show, it's by referral and word of mouth. And so I'd like to remind you, you can help me by just letting another baseball fan know that this exists. Send them a link. Let them know, hey, have you checked out this podcast? It just helps a lot for the show to help keep it growing. So send it to your dad this week. That's the assignment I'd like to give you. All right. Without further ado, let's get into our topic for this week. We're going to take a journey together through time, and we're going to explore the stories of five fathers and their sons. We're going to talk about their careers, their impact on the sport, and the legacy that they've left behind on the diamond. So grab your gloves, step up to the plate. And join me as we celebrate the greatest father-son duos in baseball history. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So the list we're going to be going through this week is in order for me. I ranked from fifth to first who I think are the greatest father-son duos in baseball history. You'll have the chance to let me know if you agree with that list or how you would change it by joining, again, the newsletter. I have a poll in there. I'm really interested to hear your feedback. You can also email me or comment me on social media. I'd love to discuss the topic more. So where are we going to start? Who's number five for me? That's going to be the Boone family, which is technically a father-son's duo. So let's talk about it. The Boone family is a three-generation baseball dynasty, and each member left their own significant mark on the sport in different ways. So we're going to start with the patriarch, Ray Boone. Ray Boone was a two-time All-Star who spent most of his career with the Cleveland Indians and the Detroit Tigers. He was known as a power hitter, and he topped the 20 home run mark four times and led the American League in RBI in 1955 with 116. Now, let's go to his son, Bob Boone, who was Ray's son, was considered, was still considered, one of the greatest defensive catchers in baseball history. He had a 19-year career, he won seven Gold Glove Awards at the position, and he was part of the Philadelphia Phillies World Series winning team in 1980. On top of that, He also earned MVP consideration in 1978 and 1982. Not bad. So Ray played, his son Bob played, and then Bob's two kids actually took on the Boone mantle and also played in the MLB. The first is Brett Boone. He was one of Bob's sons. His career is remembered as being probably the best offensively in the family, and he also stood out as just a really good second baseman during his career. Now, the interesting thing about Brett is he didn't really blossom into like an elite MLB player till about the second half of his 14-year career. Those first seven years were unremarkable in many ways, but the second half, my goodness. He finished third in American League MVP voting in 2001. He posted a career 950 OPS He had 37 home runs and an AL-high 141 RBI that same season. He currently ranks in the top 15 all-time among second basemen in home runs uh, at 252. He's he's, uh, 7th on the list, actually. And he is 14th on the list for career RBI among second basemen with 1,021. So Brett, certainly a storied career, carried on the family name. And that brings us to his brother, Aaron. And Aaron, oh, as much as I have the personal vendetta against you, we're going to include you here. He was Brett's brother. He was a solid contributor for most of his career. He played most of his time with the Cincinnati Reds. And in his prime, he was known as being a guy who had a mix of power and speed. So, for instance, Aaron had back-to-back 2020 seasons in 2002 and 2003. And what I mean by that, by 2020, 20, at least 20 home runs and at least 20 stolen bases. So in 2002, he hit 26 homers and got 32 stolen bases. And then in 2003, he hit 24 homers and grabbed 23 bags. So not bad. In addition to that, he made one all-star appearance in 2003. However, I'm always going to remember Aaron as the guy who made a grown man cry in front of his friends at college when he slammed that walk-off home run for the New York Yankees in Game 7 of the 2003 ALCS. (sighs) That was me, in case you were wondering, the crying individual. (laughs) So yes, Aaron, I, I do hate you on a personal level, but 
I can't deny that you helped carry on the mantle of the Boone family in Major League Baseball. So let's talk about their legacy. The Boone family is interesting because they each contributed to their respective teams in different ways. They each play different positions. They had different skill sets that they brought. And they set the precedent, really, for multi-generational success in baseball. Not just from father to son, but father to son to multiple sons. And, I mean, who can trace their MLB lineage back to their grandfather? That's pretty neat if you think about it. So the Boones are my number five on this list. Greatest father-son duo number four is Cecil and Prince Fielder. Cecil and Prince are one of the most iconic father-son duos, I think, in baseball history. They were both known for being larger than life in terms of their physical appearance, and they both had this just amazing slugging prowess. And both these guys, if you look at pictures of them again in the newsletter, these guys ordered the turf and turf at every dinner they went out to, right? Like that Parks and Recreation reference, these guys were big boys, and they certainly knew how to hit the long ball. So let's start off with Cecil Fielder. Cecil was born on September 21, 1963, and he was an MLB player who played for several teams, including the Toronto Blue Jays, the Detroit Tigers, the New York Yankees, the Anaheim Angels, and the Cleveland Indians. Now, during his career, he was primarily a first baseman, but he also played at designated hitter for certain spots in his career. And again, Cecil was known for his power hitting. He was the first MLB player to hit 50 home runs in a season since George Foster had done it in 1977. So about a 20-year gap, he was the first to achieve that. And he did it in 1990 with the Detroit Tigers. So over his 13-year career, Cecil Fielder had a batting average of .255, but he hit 319 home runs, and he drove in 1,008 runs on top of that. He also made the All-Star team three times. He won two Silver Slugger awards, and he legged the American League in RBIs for two seasons. Not bad, Cecil. So let's talk about his son, Prince. Prince was born on May 9, 1984, and he followed in his father's footsteps, also became a professional baseball player, obviously. The Milwaukee Brewers actually drafted him seventh overall in the first round of the 2002 MLB June Amateur Draft. And like his dad, Prince was a power hitter and primarily played first base. So Prince Fielder played for 12 years overall. He played for the Milwaukee Brewers, the Detroit Tigers, and the Texas Rangers. He had a career batting average of 283. He hit 319 home runs and drove in 1,028 RBI. And his career was unfortunately cut short. Uh, There's some speculation that he was part of that group that was using performance-enhancing drugs. There's another person on our list. We're going to talk about that later. But his career uh, could have gone longer, but uh, it was was cut primarily short because he was primarily just an excellent hitter and probably could have extended things at the DH position, but his body just wouldn't cooperate in that way. So when we look back on his career overall, he was a six-time All-Star. He won three Silver Slugger Awards, and he was named the MVP of the All-Star game once. Not bad. So let's look at the legacy of this family. Cecil and Prince Fielder are the only father-son duo to hit 50 home runs in a season. And that's really their claim to fame. They were the power-hitting guys who drove in runs and made their teams feared by the offensive production that they could put out. So here's to use the Fielders at number four. Let's go to number three. 
greatest father-son duo. That goes to Vladimir and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So the Guerreros are an interesting set. You know, adding them to this list made me feel, I guess, a little older. You know, I'm 39, but I remember watching Vladimir Guerrero in his prime. You know, I was old enough to really enjoy sitting down and watching baseball games when he was at the top of his game. And now I'm watching his son play and see the amazing things that he's accomplishing. And that in turn makes me feel a little bit elderly (laughs) that I've seen the generation pass through. So let's start with Vladimir Guerrero Sr. He is a Dominican MLB player who spent 16 seasons in the MLB. And he primarily played right field and he also spent time at DH. He split his time between the Montreal Expos, the Anaheim Angels, and Los Angeles Angels. They moved during his time uh, with the team. He also put time in with the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles. And he's widely remembered for his impressive offensive production. He could hit for power and average. And he also was very good in the field. He had great defensive range and had a really strong throwing arm. So when all was said and done, Vladimir Sr. was a nine-time All-Star. In 2004, he was voted the American League's Most Valuable Player, and he was voted as one of the most feared hitters in baseball in a 2008 poll of all 30 major league man- uh, managers. Excuse me, Very impressive. He also had this outstanding play that when he was with the Angels, he led them to five American League West pennants between 2004 and 2009. And... He was recently inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2018. His career batting average was 318. He hit 2,590 hits, 449 home runs, and 1,496 runs batted in. Not bad, Vlad Sr. So let's talk about the younger Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladimir, as you guessed it, son of Guerrero Sr., was born in Canada, actually, while his dad played for the Expos early on in his career. And Vladimir Jr. is the first person on our list who is still an active player in Major League Baseball as of this recording. If you listen to this 10 years down the road, I'm sorry. But as of now, Vladimir Jr., only guy on this list that's still lacing it up. So, so far, he has played his entire career with the Toronto Blue Jays. He primarily plays first base and designated hitter for the team. He made his Major League debut not too long ago, in April of 2019, and he's already regarded as one of the top MLB hitters. I mean, this guy's amazing to watch. In 2021, he led the Major League in home runs. He had 48 of them, tied for first. He also led the league in runs scored with 123 and in total bases with 363. He was voted to the American League All-Star roster in 2021, And he was also voted the game's MVP during that same weekend festivity. He's the youngest player to do that in all-star game history, to be uh, voted the game's MVP. He also finished second in the overall season's voting for the AL MVP that same season. So he's been knocking on the door in this very young career of his already as the game's premier player, especially in the American League. So as of this year, as of June 2023, He has a career batting average of 284. He's hit 113 home runs, 347 runs batted in. And then he's also, again, for a young guy, he's made two all-star appearances. He has an all-MLB first-team induction. He has a gold glove, a silver slugger award, and he won 
the Hank Aaron Award. So certainly more to come for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And when we think about the legacy of this family, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., remarkable career, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, set a high bar for his kid. But Vladimir Jr. has already shown that he's more than capable of living up to his father's legacy at a very young age. And he may very well be the second father-son duo on this list to have both names added to a ballot for Cooperstown by when all things are said and done. We'll have to see. But certainly impressive. So that's number three, the Guerreros. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That brings us to greatest father-son duo number two. And this is where I might get a little controversial when I was doing research. A lot of different publications had this group at number one. I say nay. I put them at number two. And that goes to Bobby and Barry Bonds. So these two uh, Bonses, Bonsies, Bonsai, I'm not quite sure what the plural of Bonds is. But uh, these two guys, this father and son duo, are the only two players in history to combine for at least 300 career home runs with at least 400 steals. And they're the only two to go 2020 home runs and steals in 10 different seasons. So it's obvious that the Bonds family has left an indelible mark on the sport. They set numerous records and they redefined what was possible for a baseball player in a lot of ways. So let's talk about that a little bit more in depth. Let's start off with Bobby Bonds. Bobby Bonds was born on March 15th, 1946. He spent 14 seasons in the MLB. He played for the San Francisco Giants, just like his son, the New York Yankees, the California Angels, before they moved to Los Angeles and Anaheim and did the whole trip around the state. He also spent time with the Chicago White Sox, the Texas Rangers, the Cleveland Indians, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Chicago Cubs. Bit of a journeyman player. Now, he started his career, like I mentioned, with the San Francisco Giants. A little bit of foreshadowing there for what his son would do later. And in 1968, he, which was his first season, right off the bat, he very quickly established himself as a formidable player. He had this combination of power and speed, and it really made him a threat at the plate and on the base paths. Now, he had a great run with the Giants. He was then traded to the Yankees uh, about eight seasons later in 1975. That's where he earned an all-star selection in his first season with the team. Now, if we look at Bobby's career overall across all the teams, he was elected to the all-star team three times, and he also won three Gold Glove Awards. He was the first player in MLB history to have five 30-30 seasons, so 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. And that record still stands to this day. That belongs to Bobby Bonds. He also had over 300 home runs and 400 stolen bases over the course of his career. And he's only one of eight players in MLB history to achieve that feat. Very impressive. Now, despite the success that Bobby had on the field, 
he was followed by a lot of controversy. And maybe this, again, was a little bit of foreshadowing with what happened with his son, Barry. Um, Bobby was known to struggle uh, in big ways with alcohol and substance abuse. And they were well documented by the media of the time period. And that really cast a shadow over his otherwise really impressive career. And unfortunately, Bobby Bonds passed away in 2003 at the age of 57. And his son's career was so eclipsing, I think a lot of us forget about the really great career that his father had. Uh, And it may have been mired by some of the public relations stuff, but uh, Bobby in his own right was a force. And uh, hopefully, especially for the younger listeners, that has been a revealing fact for you. So let's talk about Barry Bonds. Everybody knows this guy's name, right? Barry was born on July 24th, 1964. He played for 22 seasons in the MLB. He was a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates from 1986 to 1992. And then he played for the San Francisco Giants from 1993 to 2007. And Bonds is considered to be one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And he's one of the top all-around athletes of all time, too. So let's talk about it. He won a record seven National League Most Valuable Player Awards. He had 12 Silver Slugger Awards, and he was elected to the All-Star team 14 times. He holds a ton of MLB hitting records, including the most career home runs with 762. He has the most home runs in a single season with 73 that he set back in 2001, and he has the most career walks. He also led the MLB in on-base plus slugging six times, and placed within the top five hitters in 12 of his 17 qualifying seasons. Wow. Now, on top of that, because later Barry Bonds is a different guy than early Barry Bonds in a lot of ways, over his career, he stole 514 bags, and he's the first and only MLB player to date with at least 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases. Another thing that's overlooked, I think, a lot because of his power hitting later in his career, he was a good defensive player. Uh, He played outfield. He won eight gold gloves over his career. So again, very, very good all-around player. Now, despite all these accolades, just like his dad, Barry had a very controversial career, to put it mildly. He was the central figure in baseball steroid scandal. He was indicted in 2007 on charges of perjury and obstruction of justice for allegedly lying to a grand jury when the federal government was investigating Balco, which was this manufacturer of this undetectable steroid, the cream and the clear, for those of you who remember going through it. Uh, Barry was the face of that when Congress got involved with investigating America's game. Very interesting time to live through. Again, I put a video, I think, that overviews it really nicely in the newsletter. I encourage you to check it out. After those perjury charges were dropped, Bonds was convicted of obstruction of justice in 2011, and then that conviction was overturned in 2015. So he had a lot of, you know, he was he became in many ways the poster boy of the steroids uh, controversy in baseball, rightfully or not, and that overshadowed his eligibility once he retired. He was on the ballot for 10 years to get into the Hall of Fame, and he did not receive the 75% of the vote needed to be elected. So he uh, is no longer eligible to be able to go through the traditional route of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And there are several baseball writers of Association of America uh, individuals who vote for people to get into Cooperstown who openly stated that they did not vote for Bonds because he used performance-enhancing drugs. 
So there you have it, folks. Now, when we look at the Bonds' legacy, I mean, we can draw parallels. They both faced controversy during their careers. Bobby struggled with substance abuse. Barry was a central figure in the steroid scandal. But despite these issues, their impact on the game is 100% undeniable. They brought this unique combination of power and speed, both father and son. They both set numerous records that still stand to this day, and they redefined what a baseball player could be on the plate, in the field, on the base paths. And that certainly is the enduring legacy for both of them. And I just want to make a quick note, you know, not for nothing, I'm Team Barry all the way. Uh, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, and we're going to do an episode about that at some point. In the meantime, you can email your disagreements to me, rounderspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with Barry. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, despite the um, controversies. So there we have it, folks. The Bonds come in at number two. So that brings us to number one. Who did I rank as the greatest father-son duo of all time? That goes to none other than Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr., So the Griffies, my goodness, what a career both these individuals had. Let's start off by talking about Ken Griffey Sr. So Ken Griffey Sr. had a very successful career in Major League Baseball. He played from 1973 to 1991. That is a long career. He was a key player in making the Cincinnati Reds great during this time, their big red machine era. He was one of the poster boys for that. And he contributed to two World Series championships for that club. He, just like the Bonses, was a defining player during the period he played for having this combination of power and speed. And he was one of the few players to join the 300-300 club in MLB history. And what I mean by that, 300 home runs and 300 stolen bases over his career. He had Five 30-30 seasons. We talked about guys on this list who had 20-20 seasons. He had 30-30 seasons, five of them. And he nearly established the unprecedented 40-40 club in 1973. Came so close to having a 40-40 season. He had 39 home runs and 43 steals. Just one board dinger. He could have uh, set that mark that has not been reached. So the guy was just amazing on the base paths and uh, at the plate. He led the National League in runs with 131, and he had 341 total bases in that same season in 1973. Over the course of his entire career, memorable, he was on the ballot to get into the Hall of Fame at the conclusion of his career. He was on there for the full 10 seasons, but he never received more than 10.6% of the vote unfortunately. So his legacy was carried on by his son, Ken Griffey Jr. For my 80s and 90s kids, Ken Griffey Jr. was the guy, the kid. He was the face of baseball during this time. And he was born in 1969 in Pennsylvania. He played 22 years in Major League Baseball. It felt a lot shorter to me. Uh, He spent most of his career with the Seattle Mariners. He also spent time with the Cincinnati Reds like his dad, and he had a short stint at the end of his career with the Chicago White Sox. He was the number one overall pick by the Mariners in the 1987 draft, and he made his professional debut that summer in 1987 for the same club. And Griffey Jr. was one of the most prolific home run hitters in baseball history. This guy hit 630 bombs over the course of his career. That's good enough for seventh in MLB history. He also had an exceptional defensive ability. 
He won 10 gold gloves at center field over the course of his career. He's also tied the record for the most consecutive games with a home run. He went eight straight games hitting a home run in every game. And he's tied with Don Mattingly and Dale Long for that record. So let's talk about the career arc of Ken Griffey Jr. Man, this is going to be a long one. He had 13 All-Star selections, 10 Gold Glove Awards, 7 Silver Slugger Awards. He was voted the American League's MVP in 1997. His career stats include a batting average of 284. He had 2,781 hits, drove in at 1,836, and he had 184 stolen bases. Man, yeah. And Ken Griffey Jr. was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. He received 99.32% of the vote, and that broke Tom Seaver's record of 98.84% of who got the highest amount of votes to get into the Hall of Fame, and that record stood for 24 years before Ken Griffey Jr. broke it. He's also in the Mariners Hall of Fame and the Reds Hall of Fame. And I think Ken Griffey, you know, in addition to being a Hall of Fame player, he was the guy in a lot of ways who helped save baseball in the early 1990s. The 90s were a dark time for the MLB. There were several labor disputes. There was kind of a lull in fan appreciation for the game, uh, a lack of offensive production. And here you've got Ken Griffey Jr., this flashy guy, makes amazing plays on the fields, hits home runs, steals bases, everything. He galvanized a generation of baseball fans growing up, I think, to continue loving the sport. And that's not just me saying that. Several journalists during my research said that, you know, he's one of the main reasons that the MLB was able to restore their image after that disastrous 1990 to 1995 stretch where it was just labor dispute after labor dispute and strike and everything else. So Ken Griffey Jr. in a lot of ways saved baseball, I think, and kept it as America's game uh, during the 90s. And that combined with his exceptional skill, his sportsmanship, his contribution to the teams he played for, top-notch. So when we look at the Griffey's legacy, the reason I give them the top spot, there's multiple reasons. Number one, both father and son displayed a dominant combination of power and speed that made them dynamic players. Number two, both led their leagues in different stat categories for multiple seasons. And number three, and I think most importantly, both Ken Sr. and Ken Jr. are the only father-son duo to have both their names considered for induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's why I give them the edge over the Bonses. And not for nothing either, but both of these guys had the unique experience of playing for the same team at the same time. That's a rare occurrence across any professional sport. So on August 31st, 1990, you had the 40-year-old Ken Griffey Sr., be on the same team, like suited up and went on the field with his 20-year-old son, Ken Griffey Jr. And that made them the first father and son to play as teammates in an MLB game. So there you have it, folks. The Griffeys get my vote as the greatest father-son duo in MLB history. Who do you think is the greatest father-son duo? I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, interact with me in the newsletter. Send me an email. I'm on social. Would love to hear your feedback. I enjoy interacting with you. We're not done just yet, folks. I do want to go through some honorable mentions. There have been plenty of father-son duos that played professional baseball. Just to give you some other examples outside of the top five, you had Tony Armas and Tony Armas Jr. Tony Armas Sr. was a two-time All-Star and a Silver Slugger. 
and his son Tony Armas Jr. was a pitcher in the major leagues for several years. You had Yogi Berra and Dale Berra. Yogi, obviously, baseball legend and Hall of Famer, and his son had a respectable career in the major leagues. You had Tom Gordon and D. Gordon. Uh, Tom Flash Gordon uh, loved his time when he was on the Red Sox. He was a three-time All-Star and a World Series champ, and his son D. is a two-time All-Star and a Gold Glove winner. You also had Gary Matthews and Gary Matthews Jr. Uh, Both father and son had successful careers. The senior Matthews won the 1973 Rookie of the Year, and Gary Matthews Jr. was named an All-Star in 2006. You have Steve Swisher and Nick Swisher. Steve was an All-Star in 1976, and his son Nick was a two-time All-Star and a World Series champion. You have Eric Young and Eric Young Jr., Father and son both had very long careers. The senior Young was an all-star and a stolen base leader during his time. And then Young Jr. led the National League in stolen bases in 2013. You have Sandy Alomar and Roberto Alomar. Sandy, obviously very widely respected player and manager in the major leagues during his time. And then Roberto is a Hall of Famer and a 12-time All-Star. They almost made the crack into this list. They were so close. I had them at number six. You have Dizzy Trout and Steve Trout. And no, they're not related to Mike Trout. Uh, Dizzy Trout was a two-time All-Star and a World Series champ. And his son, Steve, had a solid career as a pitcher in the major league. Pitched multiple seasons. And then we have Felipe Alou and Moises Alou, another one that almost made the cut. Felipe was a three-time All-Star and a respected manager in the major leagues. And then his son Moises was a six-time All-Star and a World Series champion. So plenty of examples of father-son duos that did very well during their time in the major leagues. So that brings us to what are some possible father-son duos of the future? We have players now or who recently retired who have kids that are getting to that age So are there future father-son duos on the horizon? You bet. Let's mention a couple of them. You have Karsten Sabathia. He's the son of six-time All-Star and Cy Young Award winner CeCe Sabathia. Karsten is a right-hand hitting first and third baseman currently. He's going to Georgia Tech to play for college. He's known as a five-tool player. He's got power, strength, mobility, a high baseball IQ, and uh, he's he's heading there this fall, so let's see what happens. You have Drew Jones. He's the son of 10-time Gold Glove outfielder and five-time All-Star Andrew Jones. Now, Drew is projected by several scouts to possibly be the number one pick in next year's MLB draft. We'll see what happens. He's currently playing for Wesleyan in Norcross, Georgia. Mason McGuire, the son of Mark McGuire. Uh, Mark McGuire, obviously, uh, you know, one of those big home run guys right next to Barry Bonds. Also, in terms of the controversy, he hit 583 career home runs and he won five home run titles, had two World Series championships, was a 12-time All-Star. His son Mason's right there. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's committed to Oklahoma for college. He has a very good chance of cracking into the MLB. You have Jackson Holiday. He's the son of seven-time All-Star and four-time Silver Slugger winner Matt Holiday. And Jackson already is a top 20 prospect in the country and perhaps, depending on the scout that you uh, listen to, is the number one shortstop in the nation. So we'll see. Justin Crawford is the last on our list. He's the son of four-time All-Star and Gold Glover and four-time stolen base leader 
Carl Crawford. Justin is a very highly ranked outfielder currently, known to have a lot of speed and range and power, just like his dad. He's committed to LSU for college, and again, we will see what happens. So here's five guys who should be gracing the fields of MLB teams shortly and could put together great careers just like their dads, and who knows, we may have to update this list in a decade. We'll have to see. I want to finish today by talking about just dads and the impact that we have on athletic development. There are just so many instances of sons following in their footsteps of their MLB dads, and I get it. I mean, as a dad myself, I know that my habits and my interests are going to rub off on my child. And in the same way, I'm sure these professional dads undoubtedly passed a love of the game onto their kids. And if you think about it, fathers who were professional athletes often serve as just by natural you know, progression. They're the early coaches and the mentors of their kids. And they provide that extra bit of technical skill teaching. They can help share a deep understanding of the game's mental and strategic aspects. And that early exposure to that high-level athletic training, not just your run-of-the-mill community little league, that can instill this mindset and this uh, fast track to excellence that gives the children of MLB players a significant advantage as they develop their own athletic careers. So we see the impact that professional baseball dads have had on their kids. And look, I think that's just a reminder that fathers play a crucial role in shaping their child's character and their values and their approach to life and the things we model, the behavior, the life lessons we teach, the support and guidance we give. It makes a huge difference. So for these father-son duos in baseball, you know, they translate this deep respect for the game, the sense of sportsmanship, and dads overall, you know, we we have a bigger impact than we often realize, I think. So I'm dedicating this episode to you, fathers. Thanks for all you do, for being the backbone of your families, for being that person to help guide your kids on the right path, and hopefully instill a love of, of sports and just athletic um, involvement in them. Everybody deserves to enjoy, you know, the fruits of physical uh, competition, I think. Um, My son hasn't taken a huge interest in baseball yet. He's been a little bit more into soccer, but I'm okay with that because I want him to just have a hobby. I want him to be able to have something that promotes health, and uh, I want to promote that as a dad. And so to all my fellow dads out there, keep doing what you're doing, just like these dads did for their kids. Folks, thanks for joining me for another episode. It's been great to have you. When I say thank you for making this a part of your week, I can't tell you how much I mean that. It really is. um, It really makes my day when I see how many people are enjoying these episodes and just taking time to put them on, whether it's in the car, at home, whatever you're doing. I greatly appreciate it. So until next time, remember, there are only two seasons, winter and baseball. See you soon.